And we go up to a vendor, and I don't remember who it was. And they go, oh, yeah, I'm Chuck with, with Jeep Talk Show. And they go, who is this? And I go, this is Bob, my secretary. <laughs> and Bob has now, he gets all the business cards. He passes the other business card. And it's like, yeah, I, I, I won't do this. And then I go, and I'll have Chris, our individual that does all the interview stuff, I'll have Bob get a hold of him, and he'll get a hold of you. And they were like, whoa. This is not a podcast. This is a show. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. How about some Nexen Tire USA? Oh, we got you. Find out more about the tires that Tony runs on the 2021 Jeep Talk Show Gladiator, the Nexen Tire Rodian MTX at NexenTireUSA.com. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show. With Wendy, there will be body damage. Chuck. I like making people laugh. That's it's good for my soul. Chuck. Yeah, I don't think so. And I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. The Jeep Talk Show now four days a week and sometimes five. Yeah, so Chuck wasn't lying when he went to SEMA and was telling everybody we do five episodes a week. <laughs> We've had our first special episode, which uh, uh, fittingly was uh, an interview with Chuck, and we've had uh, several people just comment two things. Uh, great interview, and what an interesting life uh, Chuck has had. Uh, and many said that they thought there was going to be more cow stories. So, uh, but but we're not done. We're going to be doing more interviews with Chuck because we've only scratched the surface of Chuck. We haven't even got to the illegal stuff yet. So there's uh, there's stuff to look forward to. So uh, on on top of those four episodes a week, you guys may have uh, read or heard me talk about uh, the uh, the flagship episode uh, and the flagship two episode or the f- flagship light. I think I said the flagship flagship two. So this is the flagship two episode. And this is the episode that comes out on Thursday. So, yeah, it, we've, uh, we're now Tuesday through Friday, uh, four episodes a week, and with our special episode on Mondays. The JTS team is here to inform and entertain you about Jeeps. If you're new to the Jeep world or thinking about jumping in and getting your feet dirty, you're in the right place. Whether you're interested in having a unique off-road vehicle ready to hit the trails or that daily driver that's also a weekend warrior, this show is for you. Find out more information about the Jeep Talk Show at jeeptalkshow.com. Hey, Jeeper, I'm Josh, and on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show, I've got a story of a guy, well, he did the wrong thing with his Jeep. And we've all been there, right? (laughs) Hopefully not. Not like this. (laughs) Not like this. I've also got a story about a Jeep with a name, but this Jeep almost ruined off-road racing as we know it. Later in the show, I've got some tips and tricks for anybody with a Jeep that smells like smoke. Yeah, and this is Chuck, and I'm already planning all of my next year's Jeep and trips. Definitely gonna be gonna be going out with the JTS crew, and I've begun purchasing the Jeepers Jamboree tickets for my uh, youngest son, his Jeep, and my Jeep. So I'll oh. be riding solo, but uh, that'll be a very big. I've never been on the Jeepers Jamboree out of all That's of these years. I've never done. It, so we're gonna do it. No, and the fact that you're gonna get yeah, to do this, son, that, that's just I'm jealous. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. So, Josh, I, I did. I didn't know this. Did you know there's a difference between Jeepers Jamboree and Jeep Jamboree? Uh, yeah, Jeep. I did not know. I thought no, they were Jeep the same Jam- thing. No, Jeep Jamboree USA and Jeepers Jamboree are uh, the same ish. 
but uh, they are started by two different people. Uh, yeah. One was the father, oh. one was the daughter. The daughter uh, incorporated everything and made Jeep, Jeep Jamboree USA. But uh, my family and all of my friends have been a part of Jeepers Jamboree kind of since the beginning from the inception. So that's that's the one that I'm going to take Josh on. Uh, my son, Josh, not the Yeah, co-host. don't get your hopes up. Josh. <laughs> No, the co-host Josh could be my son, and my son could be the co-host Josh. Uh, <laughs> now, here we go. <laughs> he'll be 18 years old, so he'll be able to drive his own Jeep. So uh, I was actually hanging out with Matt, who's a big person on the Jeepers Jamboree, and he said, you've got to bring the flat fender and the scrambler. So I told him I would do that, and then he said uh, he, he has an Ultra 4, so he's a King of the Hammers guy. So he said, then you're coming to King of the Hammers with me, so... I may be there too. Yeah, I may be there competing as as a competitor here in the near future. That'd be bitching, Josh. Yes, it would. Hi, I'm Tony, and I'm not going anywhere unless it's hidden, uh, hidden false. That's only three hours from me. (laughs) (laughs) It's not that I don't want to go. It's just it's just so far away and sweaty, and you know it's hard. Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. Oh, and This Week in Jeep, it's been a little while since we've had a, a, a good, dumb criminal story, so I figured we'd go ahead and, and, and start the uh, start the segment with this. Uh, this guy probably won't be doing this again. Uh, well, you never know. A 21-year-old man from Moore, Idaho, is facing multiple charges after allegedly speeding away from a traffic stop earlier in November. According to the Affidavit of Probable Cause filed by the Idaho Falls Police Department, an officer saw a white 1996 Jeep Cherokee failing to stop, leaving an alley near Pine Street in Idaho Falls. The officer later identified the driver as Gage Anthony Larson, and he tried to stop him. Larson, however, had other plans, and ignored the lights and siren and, well, just kept going. The speeds kept increasing as well, and there was at least one stoplight that was blown through. The driver of the Jeep continued north on Yellowstone Highway and uh, reached speeds over 50 miles per hour in a 25-mile-per-hour zone. Police said the Jeep cut off another vehicle and kept driving, sometimes dashing down and through alleyways. At J Street, Larson decided he'd have better odds eluding the police if he was not on foot. So he got out of his Jeep while still driving down an alley. And the reports don't mention any sudden braking maneuver or even if the Jeep was ever put into park. But the pursuing officer chased Larson on foot nonetheless, giving him commands to stop the entire time, which he, of course, well, failed to obey. At this point, I'm wondering if this guy is deaf and legally blind as well. I I don't know. The officer eventually caught up with Larson and took him to the ground and into custody. That's a polite way, by the way, of saying he tackled the tweaker to the ground from a running dive and beat the shit out of him to get the cuffs on. Now, when the officer searched Larson, he found a vape, vape pen that smelled like marijuana. Shocking. Now, although I would have been less surprised to hear that it was a crack pipe, it later tested positive for THC. Idaho has some of the harshest restrictions on marijuana out of all the Northwest states. So, yeah, he was definitely going to jail. Dispatch ran a warrant check on Larson and found that he had a misdemeanor warrant out of Butte County, which appeared to have been for unlawful entry. There was also a felony warrant out of Jefferson County for fleeing or attempting to elude a police officer. Seems like this guy just can't learn his lesson. Larson was charged with felony fleeing or attempting to elude a police officer, misdemeanor resisting arrest, and misdemeanor drug paraphernalia possession. He is scheduled for a preliminary hearing on November 22nd at 1 p.m. in the Bonneville County Courthouse. So what happened to the Jeep, you may ask? Well, according to the police reports, it crashed and landed inside of a dumpster. Two points. (laughs) 
So, so Josh, I just have to say, you had me at maxed out that XJ at 50 miles an hour because <laughs> that's the truth. <laughs> I, I mean, he had it pegged out well. there, but yeah, okay. <laughs> and, it, and it wasn't on tons and forties. <laughs> no, <laughs> he had a rolling though, boys. <laughs> no, for ninety six, could have been a two point five liter as well. So, oh, uh, yeah, gee, that, and that there's no turbo on that thing. <laughs> no, no, most certainly not. Well, I wish I could have found a uh, a picture of that Jeep. I wonder if it was white. But here's a story of a white Jeep that uh, you may not soon forget. Now, there are those of you out there who may know a little bit of the history behind one of the world's most incredible motorsports, off-road rally racing. I certainly missed my call there, but if you ever want to watch a hell of a documentary, pick one that focuses on the early years of the infamous Group B rally races. It's an incredible story, and the specs of these vehicles involved will just utterly blow your mind. Now, that said, the governing body of these races, and still to this day, an internationally recognized association founded in 1904 named FIA, or the Fédération Internationale de l'Automobile. It is most, uh, mostly known today for their work with Formula One. However, this highly powerful and influential association was, fo- was forced to ban four-wheel drive drivetrains in all off-road rally races, and I bet you're already starting to figure out why. It wasn't an early dominant season by one of the big European teams with experimental technology. It wasn't an arbitrary line thrown into the rule book when the International Championship for Manufacturers race was founded. But instead, it was a white whale of a truck that blew everybody away in the first FIA rally to ever be held here in the United States. And the success of this big, ugly white truck sealed the fate of the drivetrain restrictions on an international level for almost a decade to come. All because of this one vehicle. This is the story of how 50 years ago to the day, a man named Gene Henderson and an American automaker Jeep teamed up to put a four-wheel drive at the top of the podium for the first time ever in a professional rally. Now, the whole story is way too long for this segment, but it is well worth a read, and I highly encourage you to go check it out. I'll have a link to the story in the show notes for this episode at jeeptalkshow.com, and there have been books written on the subject as well, so it's, uh, like I said, certainly worth a read. For now, however, here is a 3,000-foot flyover of how all this came to be. The FIA International Championship for Manufacturers, later named the World Rally Championship, had put its stamp of approval on Michigan's Press On Regardless Rally, a three-night, 330-plus staged-mile event spanning both peninsulas that was known as, quote, the longest, oldest, meanest, toughest rally in the USA. Gene Henderson, a, a racer, had to be there. But there was one problem. He had no car to race with. One of the early calls out was from Ford, and Ford was coming out with a new Lincoln Continental Mark IV, a new full-sized land yacht of a Lincoln. They called Gene and said, could you win with this? His reply was something along the lines of, absolutely not. It's too big, too heavy, and it would take up too much work to get it slimmed down enough for a race. But he said he could place it in the top 10, pretty confident. Lincoln didn't like that answer, however, but luckily for Henderson, AMC, the American Motor Corporation, called not long after with a smaller, lighter, yet just a strange vehicle for Henderson to rally, the Jeep Wagoneer. Head of AMC at the time was Roy Chapin, and he had just come off of a winning Trans Am season and wanted a new motorsport project with the newly acquired Kaiser Jeep brand, marketing the revolutionary new Quadratac full-time four-wheel drive system. Now, that motorsport project was this Jeep Wagoneer, and it became one of the most recognized and hated vehicles in these early years of off-road racing. 
The modifications that they did to this Jeep, now, mind you, this was 1972, were at a level that would still be impressive today, and that's without the support of any aftermarket anything at all, really. The suspension modifications alone will leave you scratching your head as to how they came up with it and how the hell it even worked to begin with. Nonetheless, Jeep's history in off-road racing goes back almost as far as Jeep itself. And with a story as old as Moby Dick, well, which just so happens to be the name of this big old white wagoneer, we've got a couple of pictures of this amazing old Jeep in the show notes for this episode at jeeptalkshow.com. And of course, the link to the whole story as well, should you want to go check it out. I, I remember when Uncle Gene got rid of this Jeep. Yeah, it was kind of a bummer. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> not not a family member, but still cool as shit. Because of this vehicle and because of how well it performed as a rally car, they banned four-wheel drive systems for a decade in off-road racing because of this damn right. white Jeep. Yeah, this would have the uh, the 360 in it. Yeah, they uh, they tuned that up to a. Uh, I think I read around 400 horsepower. They were putting out of that thing, uh, and with uh, with a yeah. four wheel drive system and that transmission, uh, they called it a bulletproof drivetrain for the era. Uh, and apparently, right. nothing could touch it. Yeah, if you build a rig so badass that they make the rules that you can't race it, you've won. Yeah, yeah the rest you, of you, <laughs> that's how the, you know you've arrived. Yeah. yeah, you're the winner. It doesn't really matter at, at that point. You're the winner. Yeah, super cool pictures, an utterly amazing story. Uh, if you're, you may not even be into off-road racing all that much, but if you if you have any competitive gene in you whatsoever, and you like that that sort of Cinderella story almost, this is going to check all the boxes for you. And it's, I mean, they should make a movie out of this. <laughs> really, it would be a hell of a movie. Uh, but uh, but yeah, go check it out. It's the story of Moby Dick. Uh, uh, Those you guys here. That, uh, that, that, well, changed racing for, for quite a number of years. Well, Jeeper, what did you think about this story? Uh, not exactly the Moby Dick story that you grew up with, is it? But nonetheless, really cool. And if you have a response to this story or, well, anything else you've ever heard here on the Jeep Talk Show, be sure to let us know. You can do it by phone or by email. Now you can do that as well by heading over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. There you will find out all the different ways you can interact with each and every one of us here on the show. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. And be sure to tell your friends and your coworkers and, well, family, pretty much anybody you see on the trail, too, about the 4x4 Radio Network. We've got something for everybody out there, not just Jeepers. There's uh, the On the Trail podcast. There's the Trail Chasers podcast, the Center Steer podcast, the 4x4 podcast, and, of course, the Jeep Talk Show. It's the web's best off-road podcast all in one place, and it's all for free. It's all at the number four, the letter X, the number four, radionetwork.com. That's 4x4radionetwork.com. Tell your friends, and we'll see you there. Hey, coming up in Tech Talk, getting rid of the smell of smoke in your Jeep. Why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? Jeep Talk Show has been my weekly rotation. Look forward to it every week, each and every Friday. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, the Jeep Talk Show. I support a great podcast and a lifelong Jeeper myself. Continue to learn with each and every episode that I listen to. Just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. Absolutely. If you like Jeeps, anything to do with Jeeps, I like it for the, the technical, clear content, uh, advice, and learning. 
Oh, yes. Paid subscribers. We love them. Uh, we love all our listeners, but uh, especially uh, appreciate the paid subscribers taking the time to go over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and becoming a paid subscriber. It, uh, it really means a lot to us and helps uh, give the show a little bit of a boost. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And you guys use the term redneck a lot. And I got to tell you, I <laughs> kind of find that word offensive. Uh, I prefer to be called by my politically correct name, uh, Appalachian American. <laughs> and all the rumors that we marry our relatives is uh, not true. At least that's what my uncle dad told me. But that's not why I'm calling. I'm calling to tell you guys that people who use selfie sticks really need to take a real good long look at themselves. What can I say? It's been a slow week. All right, boys and girls, I'll chat you later and have a good one. Bye. Nikki G, when the mask drops down in the plane and you're testing it, turn the oxygen on with the, when you put the mask on. You don't want to just try to breathe with nothing in the uh, in the bag. <laughs> Rednecks. Red Good. You got tech questions? Ah, oh, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good because I, I It's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Yahoo! The smell of smoke can be very difficult to remove from your Jeep or any vehicle, really, especially if you or the previous owner is or was a smoker. Luckily, there are a few easy steps that we'll go over here in a second to help get the smoke smell out of your Jeep. No matter how often you air out your Jeep or how long you run without the top, the smell of smoke can still linger around for, well, quite a while. And that goes for all types of smoke, including campfires, cigarettes, pipes, cigars, you name it. Before attempting to tackle this common problem, well, there are a few things you need to keep in mind. Now, simply opening the windows and doors or taking the top off for a few days isn't going to be enough to get rid of the smoke smell, especially for good. Now, there are several products on the market that can, at least to a certain degree, help to reduce the smoke smells from cars and, in some cases, even eliminate them. Now, from leather cleaners to APCs, and that's all-purpose cleaners, they can be all be found at your local auto parts stores, big box stores, or even online. Okay, so where do you start with this whole project? Well, it's not with a bottle of Febreze, so go put that back. Now, like G.I. Joe used to say, knowing is half the battle. Knowing the source of any problem is the key to resolving it, and in this case of smoke smells in vehicles, well, the source is usually one of three places. It's either the upholstery, the ventilation system, or the environment. Now, the first place that you should look is the upholstery, since this is where most of the smell will most likely be coming from. Smoke settles and binds into the, fabrics of the uh, fibers of the fabric, and it's tough to get out. If you can't seem to find the source, well, then it might be time to check the ventilation system. Outside air is usually the least likely place for the smoke smell to be coming from, but it's still worth checking, especially if there have been any wildfires in your area or you just went through your second set of rear tires in a month from all those burnouts in your new 392. Now, once you know where the smoke smell is coming from, you can start taking the proper steps to neutralize it. So let's say you sniff the seats and, yep, that's the source. Any Jeep's interior is made up of a variety of materials, including fabric, leather, and plastic, or any combination thereof. These materials can all hold on to the smell of smoke for years. Yes, plastic too. I had a 2002 Honda Accord once that I swear to God, no matter what I did, I could not get rid of the most horrific perfume smell. And we're not talking about a yummy stripper body spray here. This was like Aunt Gertrude's cleavage on a humid August day after three and a half hours of weeding the petunia garden. Not pleasant. Now, the first thing you need to do is to identify what type of material your Jeep's upholstery is made out of. 
your upholstery is made out of fabric, well, then you'll need to use a dedicated fabric cleaner. Again, the Febreze is not going to cut it here. But remember, you need to use the right tool for the right job. So this isn't something that we're going to do to, you know, out on the trail, so there's no need to cut corners here. Now, while a general purpose cleaner might be able to remove some of the smell, it's not going to be as effective as an actual fabric cleaner. Using a dedicated automotive fabric cleaner that is engineered to remove unwanted odors is going to be much more effective and is going to give you the best results. Now, be sure to follow the instructions on the cleaner and don't overdo it. Too much cleaner can make the problem worse by creating unwanted moisture leading to mildew or mold or possibly even permanent staining, none of which you want in your Jeep. Now, if your Jeep's upholstery is made out of leather, well, then you're going to need to use an appropriate leather cleaner. Again, it's important to get the right product for the job. A general purpose cleaner is not going to get into the pores of the leather and remove the smoke smell. You might be tempted to use a household cleaner like vinegar or soap, but this is not a good idea to use on leather either. Any one of those uh, kind of cleaning options, well, you could end up damaging your leather more than cleaning it. Now, using a dedicated leather cleaner, be sure to test it in an inconspicuous area first, like on the bottom side uh, area of the seat a little bit where it's kind of out of the way. This will allow you to see how the cleaner reacts with the leather. Some cleaners can be a little harsh depending on the leather and the use, and they can cause the leather to fade or discolor, especially on older models. So once you've found a cleaner that is safe to use, well, follow the instructions on the bottle. Remember, less is more when it comes to cleaning leather. You don't want to oversaturate the leather and uh, cause irreversible damage, which can happen all too easily. After you've cleaned the leather, you should apply a conditioner. After cleaning, it's going to be stripping a bunch of stuff out of the leather. You're going to want to put some of that back. Kind of like using a really harsh cleaner on your hair. Uh, you know, something like that. This will help restore the natural oils that have been stripped away by the cleansers. Now, conditioner will also help protect the leather from future damage and will add years of longevity and also a nice smell. Now, there's one last place you're going to want to address, and this may not apply to all Jeepers depending on the model year of the Jeep that you own. Much like changing the oil, cleaning or replacing the cabin air filter on your Jeep is a maintenance step that is oftentimes overlooked. Over time, the air filters can become clogged with dust, dirt, and other debris like pollen and, well, kind of like smoke particles. And all that can trap unwanted smells, well, like the smoke. An old air filter can cause the smoke smell to be recirculated through the ventilation system and make it seem like the problem is actually worse than it really is. Checking and changing the cabin air filter is a relatively easy process that only takes a few minutes. First thing you need to do is consult the owner's manual, or YouTube for that matter, for some basic instructions of how to get access to and replace the cabin air filter in your own Jeep. But more often times than not, they're just right behind the glove box. And once you've found the filter, remove it, vis visually inspect it. If you can't see any light coming through it, well, then it's definitely time to replace it. Even if the air filter doesn't seem that dirty, that'd probably be a good idea to replace it with a new one anyways. You know, while you're in there. This will help to ensure all the smoke smell is removed from the ventilation system and give you some peace of mind that you're going to be breathing some cleaner air inside your Jeep. Now, if all this sounds too daunting of a task, well, then I'd recommend finding a well-rated and insured, bonded, you know, all that kind of stuff, professional automotive detailing service. That way, if they screw something up, well, you're protected. Don't get the, that chuck in a truck, no offense, Chuck, uh, that's uh, just going to come out and, and whip some stuff out in your interior and, and hope that uh, it works. Now, get somebody who's, uh, who's uh, certified. And these guys also have access to more powerful and efficient products that may be better tailored to your Jeep than the one-size-fits-all stuff on the shelf. Now, they also have access to devices like ionizers and ozone generators, providing a technological aspect to removing the smoke smell from the inside of your Jeep. 
Now, whether you've just quit smoking, you've decided to sell your Jeep, or it's a new-to-you Jeep that kind of has a bit of a stink to it, or maybe you just want to get rid of the lingering smell of that bachelor party from two months ago. Removing the smell of smoke from your Jeep is a pretty simple process that anyone can do with a little bit of elbow grease and some dedication. Oh, and the right product. So I think that, um, maybe I'm wrong about this, but it seems like smoking is kind of on the way out. It's not as... Uh, as um uh, done as much as it used to be so i no, would I, think that right. uh, uh, the the smoking smell in a vehicle would be a, a negative connotation for resell of the vehicle oh um, absolutely yeah. yeah i mean if you if you were a smoker I mean, let's say you've owned your jeep for 10 years but you know it's been two or three years since you've quit but you did smoke in the jeep for five oh, or six my God, something yeah, like that you know like a, well that's probably still going to smell you might be used to it but, you know, somebody who's never been inside your Jeep is going to be able to pull that smell out from a block away. So, you know, if you're in the market for selling your Jeep and you were a smoker, um, this is going to be something you're definitely going to want to do to the Jeep uh, before you sell it. Because that smoke smell is going to, well, I mean, anybody who gets in a Jeep and it smells like smoke and they're about to buy it, they're either going to pass or they're going to lowball you. This is all incredibly foreign to me, Josh. I mean, we don't... Uh because of all the hay and, the, and all that kind of crap out here, we don't smoke. However, cow shit is a common <laughs> odor in our Jeeps. Uh, is there any way that I can get just good old-fashioned cow shit smell out? Or just not having doors is that is just how it's always going to smell? Well, l- look at it this way. If, if you're smelling anything, whether that be the steak that's cooking on the grill or the shit that's in your Jeep, there's going to be microscopic particles of that that's in the air that is landing on the receptors in your nose. And so it's going to come down to cleaning. Ultimately, that is, is nine-tenths of all of this is cleaning with the right product and, and, and getting all of the, where that shit is out of the Jeep. Well, don't get me wrong. I don't smell it, but it's the <laughs> random girls that I pick up on the road that do, and they go, how can you handle this? And I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about, lady. I'm just getting you to the next truck stop. You know, I'd- <laughs> <laughs> and, you're, and you say, hey, baby, <laughs> you think you're saying that now. Just yeah. wait a couple of minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, but I'm, I'm thinking, I'm wondering if people... I don't think they would take it this far, but maybe I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there. You know how some people buy a new house and they're smokers, uh, primarily the, the the man, I guess, is. And the woman says, if you're going to smoke, you got to go outside. So they want to keep the, the cigarette smell out of the house. So I wonder if there's anybody that uh, doesn't smoke in their vehicle. I mean, I know people roll the windows down and try to blow the smoke oh, outside. I, I see people with an elbow out. You know, they're, they're, they're fully extended. <laughs> they have the cigarette fully ex- Their arm is fully extended out the window smoking. And it's just like, if you're going to go through that much effort and it's sideways rain here in Oregon and you're still smoking with your hand out the window that far, if if you got to go through that much effort. You got to burn that many calories and, and go that far out of your way to have a cigarette. Just effing quit. Seriously. You're going to save yourself yeah. hundreds of dollars every month. And your Jeep. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't mind it at all. If someone wants to smoke, I don't care, but uh, I have employees and uh, there is huge rules on, there is no, no smoking in company trucks. I was we've got lots of company that. trucks. Yeah. I mean, uh, I would expect yeah, that. Absolutely not. And to be honest with you, you know, all jokes aside, you know, I was talking about the cow shit and Josh made a, a very uh, good point 
point that, hey, if you smell anything, it's particles in the air. I can smell their goddamn chew cans. <laughs> These oh, oh, they yeah. I know what you're talking about. And I'll, I'll get in their truck, and you know these are their trucks. I buy them, you know, I own them, I insure them, I register them, but they're their trucks. They drive them home, they do everything right. And I'll get in their truck every once in a while because I need to go get a widget, and I'm not going to take mine because it's hooked up or whatever. I get in there, and it's like, oh my god, you guys, this is gross. And I'll just take their spit bottles and just throw them at them. No top, <laughs> no nothing. Like. This is effing disgusting. And I roll down all the windows. I don't give a shit if it's 25 degrees outside. Blast that heater and just get some fresh air in there. Good night. Yeah. It's disgusting. Well, that was that was kind of the the old-timey um, uh, vaping things, wasn't it? Because there's such a strong, usually sweet smell to that, uh, mm -hmm. uh, to that stuff. And uh, I was just thinking that if you were a vapor... Uh, you would uh, maybe you would get sick of smelling uh, IHOP all the time because of the pancakes Jeez. and syrup uh, flavored uh, <laughs> vaping thing that was uh, now permeating your uh, your vehicle, your Jeep. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, I agree with you. I, I just it's an addiction, so it's very very difficult to stop. Otherwise, people wouldn't smoke because yeah. of the cost and everything else. So look, um, I I enjoy a cigar every now and again. It's 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 no secret. Uh, and uh, but I'm not you know puffing down four or five stogies every day, and I'm not. You typically doing it in my car now that being said there are times where i might be finishing a cigar on my way home or something like that and i've got you know i'm, I'm in the car i'm finishing this up uh i'm not gonna just you know throw this away so it is what it is um and so every now and again i get a little bit of that stale cigar smoke in my car and i'm not a regular smoker and i you know it may be several weeks or even a month or two before you know in between cigars sometimes i go through phases it, it you know it is what it is uh, and so I'll, I'll go through this process. I'll do a light detail on the car, but I also have one of these. I'm holding this up, this device for the camera for my co-host to see. This is a Plasmatron PT-1000. This is the device out of like 1987, but it still works <laughs> amazingly today. And, uh, it's, it's, it's 110 volt powered, you know, you plug it into the wall, uh, with an extension cord, you set this thing on the dash or on one of the seats or something like that. And what this does is it, 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 it shocks the shit out of you. So you stop smoking. Well, you right? can't use it in the rain, Tony. You absolutely <laughs> can't use it in the rain or anything over 89% humidity. Uh, but that being said, um, uh, you plug this thing in and, and I don't know if you guys ever played with old train sets and that smell that, oh, yeah. that ozone, ozone smell yeah. that the motors. So that's what this does. It just pukes that out and it's basically just negative ions is, is what it is but it creates that that sort of fresh after you know after a a, a, a summer rain type of smell or that that uh you know you you've been using your your uh, locomotive on the tracks with your uh, little you know train set too long type of thing and you can smell that motor that's what this smells like it's a very clean very uh i'm not going to say industrial but maybe clinical type of a smell to it but anything that is ever lingering as far as odors in the car, uh, a couple few hours with this thing running inside, and, and it's as good as new. Um, there are more modern devices that, uh, that do the same sort of thing in, in a fraction of the time that you'll find at your local you know, auto detailing shop or something like that. And they, they'll, they'll even uh, promote and market the, this service as a, as a, uh, a separate service that they'll, they'll, they'll sell you uh, in an ionizing treatment or whatever they may be, may be selling it as. But uh, but if you can get your hands on something like this, they are available out there to the general public. Uh, if you can get one for, for relatively cheap, and I would say uh, cheap would be under 60 bucks, uh, it might be worth it. Uh, especially if you are kind of like me and you run into situations where you occasionally have some smoke or uh, some smells in the vehicle that you want to get rid of. Um, a little bit of a light detail. 
little couple few hours with this thing, be good as new. Very cool. Hey, Josh, have you ever heard of white vinegar? Have you ever heard <laughs> using white vinegar? No, I, I, that's, what I, that's what I clean my floors with. I'm not joking. That, that's, that, since I was a kid, that's that, what we would mop with. It's not mop and glow. It's not Mr. Clean. It's white vinegar. Right. So I had no idea uh, until mom and dad actually came out this last summer. And, you know, we've got RV trailers that all the guys live in while they're on sites or whatever. And I've got mm -hmm. a, a, a 30 something fifth wheel. And the last guy that was in there left his stupid shoe bottle in. And my mom comes from 30 plus years working in a hospital. So she is, her, her nose is one of those that she cannot handle like yeah. bad smells. Mm -hmm. So she's in there, you know, mom just being mom, you know, she's like, oh my God, I can't handle it. And you're like, oh Jesus, mom. You're like, you've lived on a country ranch lifestyle your whole life. She goes, that's the chew spit. I, okay. She says, give me white vinegar. I'm like, what are you going to do? Drink it? You know, what, what are you going to do? She puts this crap in a glass and sets it on the counter. Yeah. She says, what it does is it'll actually reach out and it'll scrub the air. I had no idea. And it freaking works. We had one. I, I bought a new swather, new to me. It's probably, I don't know, four or five years old. And there was a bunch of rat piss and mouse piss yeah. in it, you know, then that's really rank i literally put three just open glasses of white vinegar in there four days later it smells totally fine brand new yeah i had yeah, the, no it's idea. all about the surface area though so you know a shot glass may not work but a cereal bowl yeah. would do wonders you know so it's all about how much yeah. surface area of that vinegar you can expose to the air uh, uh yeah now the other thing you could do would be into a uh, like a spray bottle or something, something you can actually turn it down and get a good mist out of. Um, you know, you could, you could use that as, as well and, and kind of really put some some microns of that white vinegar into the air. And it'll, it'll work even faster. Now, you're going to have some wiping up to do afterwards. But, hey, at the, yeah. at the end of the day, you're just going to be cleaning stuff and, and uh, you'll be better off for it. She did say it's, very, it's an acid base. It she is. Says, Don't ever do that with cloth interior. It will bleach it. Yeah, I had I mean, no idea. Yeah, white vinegar, uh, what is that on the pH scale? Very like, acidic. It, it is very acidic. It's down there. I mean, it's like, it's what, two or three, somewhere around there. So, especially the white distilled vinegar. Now, the, the, the cooking vinegar that you have, you know, the, the apple cider yeah. vinegar or whatever, you know, that, that you don't want to use that for, for, for cleaning. Don't Pickles. use that for cleaning. It's, it's, yeah, that's for eating. White it's vinegar is for cleaning and it works wonders. Uh, it's kind of one of those old... Uh, old world tricks if you will but yeah good good tip there chuck thanks for bringing the vinegar into the conversation yes sir well maybe you have something to add jeeper uh, maybe you have a question for tech talk anything you'd like to say jump over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and send us a message on episode 149 of the Jeep Talk Show, we interviewed a Jeep Cherokee owner named Kyle. So we're driving around there looking for a parking space, and we just see him parked there, and I was like, are you serious? The diagonally parked Corvette owner, just feet from the restaurant's entrance, took up two parking places. I see what Jeep owner probably would have done. I mean, I was just like, okay, screw it. I'm just going to park on the curb. This story was covered well in the news, but there was more to the story. Well, I mean, I never told any reporter this. I was driving, he comes in the opposite direction. You don't know what you've missed unless you go back and listen. I don't know if you guys recall or not, and there may be some people out there that weren't even Jeepers at the time, but this was a big uh, national news story. Yeah, I was going to say, this made national yes. news. Yes. <laughs> and we got this guy on the Jeep Talk Show to give us an exclusive interview with stuff that he didn't tell anybody else. 
Yeah, nobody was asking the the, the doing long form uh, interviews, and we did a, a long interview with him, and there was a lot of interesting things there. And he basically just—I mean, this Corvette guy was parking right there at the door, oh, taking up two yeah. parking spots, and and this guy had a, a lifted Jeep, and he parked on the uh, not the median, but the what do you call the little island thing, the little concrete part where you can't the, park the sidewalk. It's the yeah, I mean, yeah. so it was raised up. I mean, he's not off roading or any anything or. No. Or no. flexing, but I mean, it was a slight flex and uh, parked next to the guy. Guy was not happy. It was like, uh, well, you know, what's wrong with you? Like, really? What's wrong with me? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, listen well, somebody, to that interview. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Listen to that interview. And that was, uh, that was really cool. And it wasn't the first time that uh, we tried finding somebody uh, with a Jeep in the news and getting them on the show. Uh, but this one was a successful attempt. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. That, that was another great interview. Hey, and on this week's interview episode, on Friday, uh, tomorrow actually, because this is our Thursday episode, uh, Robert Calissi, I'm sorry for mispronouncing that name. I think everybody knows at this point, I mispronounce all names. (laughs) And uh, this is ElementFire.com, the world's smallest and longest lasting fire extinguisher. Sounds like some lies that I've told, but this isn't a lie. This is a a great fire extinguisher. And, uh, you know, you can, where you would carry one, uh, uh, liquid or uh, what is it? Powder uh, fire extinguisher. You can carry several of these. So if you're uh, out <laughs> and your friends have uh, lots of fire problems with their Jeeps, this would be the perfect solution. Yeah, 80% smaller with almost five times the discharge <laughs> time, uh, time of a traditional oh. fire extinguisher. So you know like the big three and a half or five pound fire extinguishers that you see pretty much in every restaurant or, you know, commercial place or whatever. You probably even have one in your garage or in your kitchen. Yeah. This thing is 80% smaller than that will last five times as long. And it's what? A, B, C, K, Z, D. M, O, U, S, C. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it does everything. And and, uh, there's a really interesting uh, story in there about Jay Leno. And how Jay Leno oh, really? bought, uh, yeah, bought a bunch of these things for, for his vehicles. But yeah, he probably wants one in every one of his cars. Are you kidding me? Yeah. That's great. Yeah, so it worked out really well. All right, Chuck, we cut you off talking about SEMA on our, uh, our flagship episode on uh, Tuesday's episode. But it's, uh, it's now to continue on. It's a damned interesting story. So uh, now there that, that yeah. had to have been more to SEMA than the, the Quadratech event, which was wonderful, a wonderful time and a wonderful story. <laughs> yeah. and, and thanks again to Quadratech and uh, Con Media for having us out there. Uh, and uh, we, we really appreciate it. But uh, well, uh, there, w- there was some interesting stuff about Bob, wasn't there? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, the, the official start was Tuesday for SEMA. You know, the Quadratech thing that we went wheeling with, that was Monday. So... Um, fast forward now, less than 12 hours because, uh, you know, after the, the wheeling thing, Bob took me out to a, to a restaurant that used to be a strip club. And he kind of like giggled as I, my cowboy white eyes as, as I'm looking at the city, I'm like, holy crap, Bob. And so him and his wife, Wendy, absolutely spectacular woman. Uh, I don't know how she puts up with Bob. She's way too smart for him, but, uh, <laughs> so Tuesday morning, you know, Bob, is well versed when it comes to SEMA. I mean, the guy has gone there multiple, multiple times, and to the part I had no idea how absolutely integrated he is with big boy builders there. So he he calls me up and he says, "Hey, I'll, I'll link up with you and I'll help." And I'm thinking, "Oh, okay, you know." 
you know, I got, I got the shit, but let, let's do it anyhow. Because, you know, sales is, in the construction world, that's what we do, right? I mean, that's I talked one-on-one -on -one with people. So, we link up, and, you know, we're walking around this ginormous place. It's like an entire city inside this, you know, convention center or whatever the hell you call it. And, you know, I go up to somebody, and I go, hi, I'm Chuck with the, with the Jeep Talk Show. And they go, oh, hey, Chuck, how are you? And I'm like, oh, I'm great. I said, you know, show me what you got. You know, that's how you kind of segue into the, hey, you need to, to come on interview on the show. So you sit there and you, you, uh, you kind of watch them and they look over at Bob. And Bob's not a small person. And Bob <laughs> always has a giant smile on his face. And he goes, who's this? And we go, oh, this is Bob. He's, he's an avid uh, participant with the show. He's a listener. And they kind of go, ah, huh, okay, well, all right. And you kind of go on, you know, and, you, and you, 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 they give you the little speech about what they're doing, you know, and, and whatever. And you're like, hey, hey, you need to come on in as an interview and, you know, kind of talk about the show. And they're like, oh, absolutely. They think it's absolutely wonderful. Let's do this. You're like, oh, okay. And you, you, uh, you start getting business cards and they're like, do you have a card? Well, I do, but I didn't bring them because I was hauling cows. And then, you know, you go, story of that. It, I know, I know. I wasn't going to say it, but I did. And so Bob, with his giant smile, goes, here's my card. And I'm like, fuck, Bob, damn it. All right. So you shake hands, you get everything. I get their business card, which is really, that's the important thing. I need to be able to get a hold of you, right? I don't care if you can get a hold of me yet. I want to get a hold of you because after you listen to the show, you're going to listen forever. Okay. So then we go to the next person, we go to the next person. And then eventually, it's very apparent that Bob is way more organized than Chuck. So, Bob and I are laughing. We're having a good time. I have not had a beer yet. So, it's only like 10 o'clock on Tuesday morning. And we go up to a vendor. And I don't remember who it was. The widgetforsale.com. And they go, oh, yeah, I'm Chuck with, with Jeep Talk Show. And they go, who is this? And I go, this is Bob, my secretary. <laughs> and they go, whoa. Oh, for F's sake. <laughs> And Bob has now, he gets all the business cards, he passes the other business card, and it's like, yeah, I, I won't do this. And then I go, and I'll have Chris, our individual that does all the interview stuff, I'll have Bob get a hold of him, and he'll get a hold of you. And they were like, whoa, this is not a podcast, this is a show. And we're like, yeah, we're kind of a big deal. I have my own secretary. <laughs> so then we go to the next one. Right. You go to the next one. And before, when they say, who is this? And before I could say anything, he says, Chuck, if you call me that one more time, that's it. I'm quitting. He goes, I'm his personal assistant. <laughs> and then they go, okay. Oh, no, he's my secretary. No. And, then, you know, and it became a joke. All right. So we go the, the rest of the day and Bob becomes my, um, what did he call it? Uh, yeah, my uh, administrative assistant. There you go, and, administrative and, assistant. Oh, and he God. would say, he would say, I'm no longer wearing the mini skirt that you told me to wear. I'm done. I'm now your administrative assistant. I'm no longer your secretary. And the vendors just start rolling because they think it's a stand-up, you know, comic strip right in front of them. These two, one's a bald guy, one's got a cowboy hat on. Like, how did you guys even meet? So then I start realizing, come. Wednesday morning, you know, we'll, we'll just we'll highlight some of the uh, Tuesday later, but now it's Wednesday morning and we've worked the floor now for an entire, you know, 12 hours. 
So I'll go, hey, I, I want to go talk to these people. And as I'm walking to go like make my thingy, you know, make my spiel, Bob's like grabbing me by the belt loops. He goes, Chuck, we talked to them yesterday. I'm like, okay, thanks. You know, <laughs> I don't know who I've talked to. You know, I mean, I'm so overwhelmed at this point. So then we go to, we, we start going to more and more places. And Bob is the one that knows who we've talked to, why we've talked to them, what was said, when we're wow. going to get them all linked up and everything. So Bob quickly became Chuck's handler. So I would go, what? <laughs> of course you needed a handler. <laughs> of course. You I needed a handler because, I mean, this is an entire city inside of a, a roof. I mean, the, the, there's 68,000 people inside of the same building, you know? And we'd go somewhere and... And uh, it's, I, I'm Chuck with the Jeep Talk Show, blah, 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 blah. And they go, who is that? And I go, this is Bob, my handler. And that, <laughs> that was it. I mean, everyone was like, you guys are freaking awesome. And I'm like, you should listen to the show. Like it, uh, it's just a giant party. And all we do is talk about Jeeps. And we, we talked about the round table and when Bob and I met and all that kind of stuff. So huge shout out to Bob. Like uh, he pretty much took me out to dinner every single night. Uh, we got to meet wonderful people and bob bob is the one up until thursday i mean this guy worked his pants off for the show thursday he comes up and he goes hey i've got an interview scheduled for you on uh, so and so such and such and i looked at him and i go what the hell are you talking about and he smiled he goes well they came up to me and they wanted a they wanted an interview with uh, you from the jeep talk show because you're a, a voice from the industry and they they want to hear it i'm like oh, okay great so we go, Boys no bullshit. This, <laughs> right? Well, I am. Hello. Got to talk about cow shit and how to get rid of smells. Um, <laughs> Which, by the way, so, was on his boots and his pants the entire time. Yes. <laughs> well, well, so, so true hay story. Josh. Out his mouth, you know, yeah. Well, Josh, true story. So uh, we sell our calves once a year. We sold our calves Sunday morning where I hauled them. We were actually supposed to sell them Monday while I was at SEMA. Sunday morning, I woke up, did the roundup, hauled four big boy tr trucks to wow. the auction block, got them there, ran home. This is why I didn't have any business cards. Ran home, threw a duffel bag together, got on the airplane, and was actually giggling because uh, my coat was in the aisle. And the stewardess was like, sir, your coat and I looked at her and I was like, yeah, just push it over with your foot. It's, it's going to be underneath the seat in front of me. She goes, I don't want to get your coat dirty. And I looked at her and I looked down on my boots and full of cow shit. True story. Oh, and I said, no. <laughs> I said, I'm a lot more. Actually, I think my exact words were, I have cow shit all over me. Trust me, I'm going to get it more dirty than you. The same boots I walked the entire SEMA floor with. Wow. And pants. Wow. I had all my from Holland calves. Yes. <laughs> so all the way up until Thursday when we did the the uh, the radio interview with I don't even know who you, you yeah we're waiting email for Bob. Bob yeah we're waiting for Bob to to get the information because he still doesn't have it. Yeah, I I literally was just talking about the show and how great it is and how amazing it. It's a iHeart Radio guy from San Francisco was there, so he's he's the one. So Bob, huge shout out to Bob. What an amazing time. He's the one that made SEMA. Uh, the show event SEMA for me, uh, absolutely amazing. He's well-versed in what to do there. 
It's super, super great. And I forget what day that Chris was there. Chris was only there for a day. But I remember the the story of you would be talking to somebody doing your uh, your 20 minutes with one person and you made sure that you, you know, you would do 20 minutes so you could move along because you wanted to cover a lot of ground and you'd be mm-hmm. talking to somebody for, you know, you get, get talking to one person and then Chris would be at the next booth, uh, setting you up, uh, talking you up right. over there and yeah. finding the right person for you to talk to. So Chris was kind of yeah. like the uh, conversation fluffer. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Chris was the fluffer on Wednesday. Yeah. It was kind of neat because Chris would be there, you know, and he's getting all the interview stuff and he'd go, hey, here's Chuck, one of the hosts of the of the show. And you go over, you know, and we're all very big guys, you know, so it's like, holy shit, you guys are kind of cool. And, and then Bob, you know, my handler was there, like literally guiding me at one time. I got to teach him not to do this. At one time, he grabbed my cowboy hat and started guiding me, you know, like a freaking heifer. (laughs) No, Chuck, you need to go talk to this person. Like, damn it, Bob. Like, don't, don't touch me, man. (laughs) You need a ring in your nose. So, (laughs) Uh, yes, that's the thing now I'm not attracted to, but there's a Uh, lot of that. Yeah, me either. Well, it was really, really cool. And this is only just part of the the SEMA story. It was, uh, I had to wait an entire week. Uh, to hear this because Chuck was too busy. He was too busy to get on the phone or chat or something, but I just yeah. left Chuck alone. You got to trust the Chuck. You got to trust the Chris. Yeah. You got to trust the Bob and you got to trust the Chuck. And uh, it, it yeah. worked out very well. I even took three pictures, like three <laughs> whole pictures while I was there, mostly of Greg Greg's rig, but uh, three of them. It was really neat. Yeah. And we haven't even touched base on uh, the interaction with Greg uh, at the uh, Greg Henderson uh, unofficial use only at the event uh, that was uh, that was another fun thing for you next show we have to greg took me to what and it's not the strip what's the what's was it the fremont road? is, is that fremont all the park? street fremont experience yeah a big overhead took all the lights yeah greg took me a rancher from kansas to fremont street halloween Oh, that's right. Shit. That's right. It was Halloween. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Mind shit was blown. blown. Talk about a sensory overload. Holy cow. I'm going to tell you right now, I have lived my life <laughs> shutting down bars. You don't shut down bars in no. Vegas. I tried. No. The city that never sleeps. Just a little teaser. Greg had to get me a taxi and ride with me to make sure I made it to the hotel. Because I was lost in the sauce. <laughs> Great time. Yes. I'm so glad you had a good time. You work really hard out there on the on the ranch and uh, uh, in the construction stuff. So I'm glad you had time to do that. And really appreciate you going out yeah. there and promoting uh, the Jeep Talk Show. It's a great show. And, and, and you are uh, great at promoting it. So thank you very much for that. Yes. Yeah, wonderful time. Well, Jeeper, how'd you like this this story? Would you like to learn a little bit more? Well, sign up for the Jeep Talk Show newsletter, inside of which you will find all kinds of information about what's happening here on the show, what's going on behind the scenes, who we're talking to, what we're giving away and when, and of course, how to join in on the fun, like becoming part of the uh, Tuesday Roundtable episode that we record every week with you, the listeners. Join in on the fun and sign up for the Jeep Talk Show newsletter today. Head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact right now.
That's all the Jeep Talk Show there is for now, Jeeper, until our next show. Be sure you have the latest phone numbers for the Jeep Talk Show. We have two of them now. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. Hey, it's not that kind of a party. Will somebody please tell me why there's a hole in the mashed potatoes? It's for the butter. <laughs> oh, cream. It's for the cream. <laughs> Podcasting since 2010.